Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you. Find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. And that's what Jesus promised in John 10, 10. And today we begin a new series that was the first message of the new year and it's called Filled. You know, as we live in a society of stuff, but being filled is not the same thing as being satisfied. So what does God offer to help us bring us a healthy resolve to our deep longings for more? The message today is part two of this message called Filled. As Pastor Sean is picking up in Isaiah chapter 55, it's time for Reaching for Real Life. We spend money and effort trying to satisfy our thirst, but it's being offered for free. And something in us, our our kind of, I got to pay for it, something in our human pride resists that. You get what you pay for. Well, it's free. It can't be worth anything. Yeah, we, we don't understand that we're talking about something so much deeper. We're talking about a father who loves us. We're talking about something transcendent here. It's interesting, his offers to everyone. He talks, he's talking to Israel. That's who he began his work through. But he's saying other nations will come. Any of us in here who aren't Jewish, he's talking about us. In other words, this is for everyone. It's not just for them. It's not just for one particular race. It's not one for one particular religion, one particular part of the world. It's for everyone. It's a universal offer. If you're thirsty, come. Now he goes on and he says, and now he starts to unpack to us kind of what this looks like. He says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God and he will freely pardon. I love these verses here. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes from my mouth. It will not return to me empty but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I send it. So he gives us this clue, his word. It just like nourishes and sows. And then in verse 12, he says, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Sounds like a Disney musical when you get to that moment where it all turns cartoon and it's just this, you know, and it's, oh, it's beautiful. That feeling, that moment, what, he's trying to paint a picture like that. He's saying, you need to understand something. The dark lenses that you have looked at the world through, you're going to take those off, and you're going to see something really beautiful, something amazing, because of the satisfaction, the nourishment that I want to give you. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper. Instead of briars, and the, myrtles will, the, the myrtle will grow. And there will be, for the Lord's renown, an everlasting sign that will endure forever. See, this is an unbelievable promise to whoever is thirsty and will come. 
Promise of our longings being met, joy, peace, fruitfulness, instead of barrenness. But there is one catch, and this is what I want you to grab this morning. I want you to write it down. It's the main thing I want to say to you, and it is, it is simple, but yet profound. And it is this, the deepest longings of your heart will only be satisfied in him. The deepest longings of your heart will only be satisfied in him. That longing that you have for love and relationship, God gave us the gift of human relationships, but they can only go so far. There is a relational longing in you and in I that can only be satisfied in him. And if you don't, by the way, every other relationship will suffer because you'll be trying to manipulate that relationship into offering something it cannot offer. It can't give you, and you'll be stuck. If you go after an achievement, you go after a career, you go after money, whatever it is, And I'm not saying any of those things are bad things. I'm saying when they become the thing that I have to have because I just have this craving and i got to fill the craving, they become an idol and they become broken. And they they are, as Jeremiah said, broken wells. They promise water, but they don't have it. The deepest longings of your heart will only be satisfied in him. St. Augustine said this. He said, thou hast formed us for thyself and our hearts are restless till they find rest in thee. Thou hast formed us for thyself and our hearts are restless till they find rest in thee. It talks about two things that, that addresses our purpose. We were made for him. We were made to have relationship with him. We were made for his glory. And in that there is something powerful for us. That sweet spot that your spirit and your heart has always called you to, that you've said, I need to be somewhere. I'm not sure what it is. It is in him, your purpose and your place. But then it also talks about our passion. Our hearts are restless till they find rest in thee. You want to satisfy your heart's desire? It is going to be found in him. And then in him, by the way, that changes everything. You will work, but you will work differently. You will use resources. You'll have money. You'll have wealth. You'll use that wealth. You'll have it, but you'll use it differently. You'll have wonderful relationships, lots of relationships, but you'll treat them differently. You'll see them differently because your heart has found rest in him. You remember when Jesus was taken by the Spirit in the wilderness? In fact, it's Matthew chapter 4. I want to read just those few verses. I'm just going to read the beginning part. We're told Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. It was right after his baptism. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, if you're the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Be like if you were fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, and we put up that image of the burger. And he says to Jesus, you can do anything. (laughs) Turn those stones there into bread. You're hungry, right? But he, Jesus, answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Similar to what was said in Isaiah 55. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, the hunger and thirst of your heart can only truly be satisfied in him. And what Jesus is not saying, he's not saying he wasn't hungry. Let me just tell you, Jesus was a regular guy with a regular body. He was starving. 40 days, no food. So the mention of bread, and he started salivating, just like you or I would. He wasn't saying food isn't critical. He wasn't saying physical hunger isn't really important and an issue. We do find life in them. You don't eat, you are going to die eventually. You will starve. But he's saying that's not all we live by. 
That's not the primary thing. Every bit as important is this idea that every word that comes from the mouth of God nourishes and fills in a different way. You see, one hunger, this physical hunger, leads to physical death. But there is another hunger that if we don't satisfy it in him, will lead to a death that is much darker and more eternal. And we need to understand that. I don't think we believe that. We act like, if we talk about, hey, we're going to go share the good news with someone, we're going to tell someone about Jesus, it's like, oh, that's wonderful, that's what we should do, we're a church. But if we say to people, well, we're going to go and feed the, feed the hungry, it's like, man, that's important work. Do you understand the value system that that kind of subtle thing? And I'm not saying it is not critically important that we are a people who feeds the hungry. That was on the heart of Jesus. It's been on the heart of his church from the very beginning. But the most important hunger that we address is that hunger for God's spirit. Lest we are walking shells, just going through life, trying to satisfy in other places hunger that we will never be able to satisfy anywhere else but in him. The deepest longings of your heart will only be satisfied in him. A couple things from that Isaiah 55 passage that I think are really practical and important for us. Number one, seek the Lord with all your heart. Remember what he said in in verse 6? Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Seek the Lord. What does that mean? Seek the Lord. What does it mean if you seek anything else? Remember Jesus told a parable. He told a story. Actually, several stories. He talked about a lost sheep, how the shepherd will leave the others and go find the sheep. He talked about a a woman with a lost coin. You know? You ever lost a hundred bucks or a few hundred bucks? You, You know? How casual were you in seeking that out? You weren't real casual, were you? Everyone of your kids holding them upside down. Yo. I mean, no, you're going, and, and Jesus tells a story. This woman, he says, she tears the house apart. Every corner she sweeps looking for this coin because it, it was significant. And, and then he talks about a lost son. Seeking. So w- when we talk about seeking, we're talking about something urgent. And he's saying, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Pursue him. Pursue him. Think about that. What would be different if every single day your first thought was, I am going to pursue Jesus today. I'm going to follow Jesus. Like Elisha knew, if he follows Elijah, when he is taken to the Lord, the anointing of God will be on him. And Elijah could not shake him because he knew, he believed, and I'm going to follow, I'm going to stay close. I'm going to be like your shadow. I'm afraid sometimes when we adopt this idea of being a follower of Jesus, and it is, it's one of our core disciplines, one of the things that we teach in discipleship. Follow, connect, grow, serve, share. The first, the beginning is follow Jesus. It starts by saying, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm afraid sometimes we kind of want to pray a prayer, kind of want to settle eternal business, and then we hope Jesus will follow us. Jesus, come with me today. You know, you're kind of cool, don't say too much. You know, I don't want you to embarrass me or anything. But Jesus, I hope you'll follow me. Lord, come and be a part of this. Lord, will you do this for me? Lord, I need this. And it's almost like the genie in the bottle. We want to make sure the genie, we got the, we got the, the genie with us. So that if we need him, he's right there. Instead of saying, no, 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 I am going to follow him. He's the leader. He's the boss. And so today at work, 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, Jesus, what do you want me to do at work? How do you want me to treat this client? How do you want me to talk to my boss? How do you want me to talk to my, my employees? How do you want me to work today, Jesus? That's seeking him. Seeking him. Beginning, imagine beginning every day. Lord, it's you and me today. How do you want to lead? Jeremiah 29, 13. Now, we all know Jeremiah 29, 11. That's one of our favorite verses, right? I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, not to, uh, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. I love that verse because it's totally true. God's desires to do that. But verse 13 is like the key. It's how it happens. Jeremiah 29, 13, he says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I think he was real intentional about saying all your heart, not half-heartedly. You will seek me and find me when you seek me half-heartedly. I don't think that would work. He's saying, I made you for a relationship with me. Your life will be found impressing in. I have something for you that you can't even imagine. Everything else, when you've come and you've tried to satisfy it, it's felt empty. It's because you didn't first seek me. Because if you will, I will satisfy in ways that you can't even imagine. And this is when we take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro in this message called Filled which is available right now on demand on the sermons page at reallife.org. And there, if you're able to bless back, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Again, find the Give tab at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Rotama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. And now the conclusion to the message called Filled. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. I love Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. It says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through the flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, listen, verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. You see, what the writer's saying is that his whole sacrifice... See, we talk about the cross. We have crosses here. We wear crosses as necklaces. The whole point of it was Jesus paid our death penalty. Sin is the separation between us and God. Sin keeps us separate. Jesus paid that penalty so justice could be served and mercy could be given in one beautiful, brilliant, divine moment. And the point is, though, but we're supposed to be, okay, good, I'm saved, great, my sin's forgiven. Oh, good, after I die, I'll go to heaven. No, you're missing the whole point. The whole point is now I can live the life God created me for. Now I can press in. And what the writer of Hebrews is saying, let us draw near with full assurance. He's saying because of Jesus, you have the possibility of going boldly into the throne room of God. Standing before him, Father, it's me. What do you want to do today? Father, 
I've got some decisions to make, Lord. I want, I want your way. You can press in every day. It's not just a church thing. It's not just when we're here singing, you're a good, good father. Although I love that song. I love worshiping. I love declaring that. But he's saying, you know what? I'm a good, good father on Monday. Good, because I need it more then. Press in. Seek him with all your heart. His sacrifice was for the purpose to give us bold access. Because the truth is, the deepest longings of your heart will only, will only be satisfied in him. Second, determined to walk in his ways. And this is really critical. He went right after verse 6 to verse 7. Isaiah 55, 7, he said, Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them, and to our God, for he will freely pardon. Um, I just want to challenge you. He says, seek me, and he says, let the wicked forsake their ways, the unrighteous their thoughts. If I'm pursuing things that are not of God, if I'm pursuing things that are standing in the way, that are hindrances, sins, weights, encumbrances, I have to turn from them if I turn to him. That's what repentance means. And I just want to say to you, um, don't seek him if you don't intend to walk in his ways. Because you will be very frustrated. If you're like, well, I want him, but I just don't want him to mess with my life at all. I want him, but I, I, the genie in the bottle thing, I like that. I, I want to be boss. Don't waste your time. See, he is God. He is Lord. There's not like two Jesuses. There's a kinder, gentler Jesus that I can choose that. He's going to plan A. But plan B is for those really hardcore ones, and they're into the whole discipleship and, and lordship thing. There is, there's no schizo Jesus, okay? There's one Jesus. He is God. He is creator, and he is Lord. And so, and, and, other, and understand something, his gift is his leadership, his presence, salvation, but his leadership is a gift because that's where the power is. When we actually turn from the stuff that is, is weighing us down, we turn from the destructive habits and he empowers us now to live a new life. And that life is the gift and it's eternal. We're talking about repentance, the separation from sin. Hebrews 12.1 says it pretty plainly. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, all those great heroes who went before in Hebrews 11, he says, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. Great, important understanding. Not all encumbrance is necessarily sin. There could be some things that aren't prohibited in the scriptures that aren't actually overtly sinful, but that are an encumbrance. They're just an imbalance. There's something that's weighing you down. And the writer says, lay it all down. Let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The next phrase is fixing our eyes on Jesus. See, it's not just overt rebellion. Sometimes it's just disobedience or sometimes it's this imbalance. And my question is, are you willing to get serious? See, when we talk about seeking him. Are you willing, am I willing to get serious? Am I willing to let him have his way every single day? You know, we've killed the, the little acronym WWJD, right? I had someone mention that to me the other day, and they apologized. You know, you know, it's so cliche. I said, no, wrong. Time out. Time out. Just because we've crushed it with our media machines like we do everything doesn't mean the book in his steps is obsolete and cliche. If you've ever read the book, it's this... It's fiction, but it's this idea that a group of people started getting serious and said, okay, in the context of our lives, we're just going to ask every day in job decisions, family decisions, house decisions, all of it, what would Jesus do? And then we're going to do that. 
And the book is just the story of how radically it changed their lives. And and my question is, when we seek him, that's what's going to start to happen. When we start saying, I'm going to lay my stuff down, I'm going to start forsaking my own way, and I'm going to follow his way, crazy, awesome, miraculous, radical stuff happens. The question is, are we willing to get serious? Are we willing to say, what would Jesus do with my time, my money, my jobs, my friendships? Lord, it's all yours. Lord, you lead today. It's an amazing, exciting journey, and I promise you it is the secret to the power of God being released. Let him lead. The deepest longings of your heart will only be satisfied in him. Third thing, make room for prayer. Make room for prayer. Listen to what he says in, back in Isaiah 55, beginning at verse 8. He says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so it yields seed for sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Um, are, Are you hearing what the Lord is promising? The fruitfulness that we want comes from following his thoughts. And we need to understand something. He says right away, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not like your ways. As high as the heavens are over the earth, that's how much higher my ways are than yours and my thoughts are than yours. Do you know what that means? When we start following Jesus, we cannot expect him to be conventional. Sometimes he's downright unrespectable. I mean, there's just stuff he will ask us to do that is so different that other people look at you and go, what? Are you kidding me? Why would you do that? And just understand, remember what I've told you before, common sense is called common for a reason. You know, and even in just regular business sense, you know, you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. You want what everybody else is getting, do what everybody else is doing. You want something different, you got to do something different. Let me tell you, you begin to follow Jesus. You begin to pray and seek him and get what the scripture calls the mind of Christ. And I start to learn what his mind is. I start to look at circumstances with his eyes and his understanding. And that only comes through prayer. You are going to begin to have a wisdom that is otherworldly for lack of a better term, a wisdom that is divine, because it's not yours, it's his, as you seek him. And let me just tell you, when you walk, when you follow in the unconventional, my thoughts are not yours, my ways are higher kind of path, when you begin walking in that, you are going to see the results he talked about. You're going to see the power of God in ways you've never seen before. You're going to see him move in ways you've never seen before. You're going to become a believer like you've never been before, because you see it told you before, the saddest people in the world are people who've been to Bible studies, they go to BSF, they do studies here, they do all this stuff, and they go, but nothing's changed in the last 20 years. They say, well, what have you done with what you studied? Oh, no, I don't do anything about it. I just study it. But I'm very well versed. Do you realize nothing happens if you study, 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 and do nothing differently? The power of God is released in the obedience. But before we can obey, we've got to know his ways. And I want to challenge us. This is something I think the Lord wants to put before us. I am a firm believer in prayer, and yet this is an area where I, like so many others, struggle with. Why does prayer so often become an afterthought? If I really believe, it gives me the mind of Christ. It leads me. It's communion with him. It's that inner room, fellowship with him. Why is prayer so challenging? Because I think my flesh, in cooperation with the enemy, screams it's funny to watch. Just go start, spend, start spending time in prayer and watch all the distractions. 
Get in the Word every day and prayer. Get the mind of Christ and watch all the distractions. Watch all the phone calls. Watch all the other opportunities. And, and you know what's funny? Sometimes it'll be outside. Sometimes it's just in you. Oh, yeah, I got to do this. Oh, oh, oh wait, wait, wait. I, I better get this. Oh, I would sure love to go. You know I need to exercise. It's amazing. You'll become, you'll become exercise conscious all of a sudden. You want to walk in his power, you got to have his mind, and that comes through prayer. The deepest longings of your heart will only be satisfied in him. And then the last thing, and it's kind of obvious, but I, I just want to say it. Actually, be satisfied in him. Be satisfied in him. Isaiah 55, 12, and 13, last verses I'll read. He says, you'll go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper. Instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. There will be, this will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Are you willing to recognize he can deliver better than anything else? Let me say it another way. Are you willing to recognize when I have him, I have everything? If I pursue him and it causes me to have to take a lesser paying job, do you believe that he can deliver a better life, more joy, more peace, more fulfillment, even more provision if you follow him? Because he's our provider. You trust him enough to, I mean, this is practical stuff. This is now decide, this is where we decide, is he really alive? That's what we started the whole service with, right? Is he really here? Is he really alive? When I have him, I have everything. He's the most important relationship. He's the most important pursuit. The deepest longings of your heart will only be satisfied in him. Am I willing to say no to other things so that I can pursue him? And I'm not, please don't get me wrong. He has amazing, joyful things along the way. Look at how he described it. He described something beautiful, something fulfilling, something rich. But it can only be found in him. And again, the verse we started with, Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message called Filled or this whole series, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email that this program blessed you or even better. Your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Please find the Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Reaching for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.